All right, glad you're with us. It is a great day to be an American, although you wouldn't know it from your corrupt media mob. Uh, we're going to play a long montage. How they reacted when bin Laden was killed versus Baghdadi dead. Many thanks to our brave men and women who put their lives on the line in what was a remarkable accomplishment and a dangerous mission. And I want to say one other thing. Why do I always say the 99% of good people in our intelligence community that would never breach the sacred trust that we give to them, the most powerful tools of intelligence, and turn them on the American people? Thank them for their their courage and their hard work and their dedication every day. Just like the 99% of law enforcement and FBI guys. Just because of the the corrupt super patriot Comey or whatever Brennan and Clapper were involved in in this counter intel investigation that would have had to start in Obama's office. They made all of this possible. Now, I've been saying that Donald Trump can run on. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Okay, well, he kept his promises, didn't he? I mean, the president gave us the biggest tax cuts in American history. President got rid of more burdensome regulation than we've we've taken on in 100 years. The president kept to his list of originalist justices on the on the Supreme Court and lower courts. President has followed through on and he found a way. Couldn't get anyone to help him, but he found a way found legislation and constitutional authority to get emergency funding to build the border wall as he promised he would do that too. President also gave us trade deals with our European allies and our Western European allies and got us trade deal with Canada and a trade deal with Japan and a trade deal with Mexico. And, and now he has a half a trade deal with China that helps our farmers and some of our manufacturers. Uh, and hopefully he can complete that mission as well. And the individual mandate is dead. And we do have. So if, are you better off than we were four years ago? Well, Obama and Biden put 13 million Americans on food stamps. Trump got seven of them off of food stamps. They literally had the lowest labor participation rate since the 1970s. We've got the best employment conditions in America and the lowest unemployment in 50 years since 1969. Record low unemployment, African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, youth unemployment, women in the workplace. Right. So all this is turning around. So if we're better off than we were four years ago, I don't see that Donald Trump lost any support. The people that voted for him in 2016 knew they were electing a disruptor. An iconoclast, somebody that was going to take on and drain the swamp. I think the fact that he takes them on every day uh, is really appealing to people, especially considering that neither Republicans nor Democrats are pretty good at keeping any of their promises. He's gone to war and checked off list by list by list, and he's governed conservatively and the country's doing better. So are you better off than you were four years ago? I'd say leaps and bounds better off. Uh, are you better off also in the, are the Trump supporters? Is his base to the, absolutely his base is there. Those people that are now benefiting from the Trump economy, 
No thanks to Democrats who have spent three years trying to impeach Donald Trump and may go through with this insanity now over nothing using the most corrupt process. But the bigger part is there's nothing to impeach him on. Zero. You know, meanwhile, they'll ignore Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Joe Biden leveraging a billion of our tax dollars and and shaking down Ukraine and bragging about it on tape with a billion tax. Now, you fire that prosecutor. Turns out the prosecutor was well looking into the company and the son of Joe Biden. They're not upset about that part. No, he's the front runner for the Democrats. And so the hypocrisy is always just reeks. Now, here's another question. Maybe maybe this is another thing that Donald Trump can run on. Now, when Reagan ran for reelection, the question was, are you better off than you were four years ago? When Obama Biden ran, they had one mantra. Bin Laden's dead and GM is alive. Hey, I got a bumper sticker for you. OK, Osama bin Laden's dead and General Motors is alive. And sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe 30330. He said that pretty much every day during the the 2012 cycle, election cycle against Mitt Romney, who could have won that race, in my opinion. I guess now Donald Trump can say Baghdadi is dead and the economy is alive and we have the best employment situation since 1969. And I'm thinking he can run on that, too. Because I don't care what these Democrats do at this point. They are look at look at the look at Schiff. He is compromised. He's a liar. He is corrupt and he's a coward. He won't come on our show. That's that's the guy leading this witch hunt. And I'm watching this weekend the events unfold. So thankful our troops We had two soldiers, minor injuries. They're already back in action. We had one of our highly skilled, trained military dogs was was hurt uh, in this. And what do you get from the the corrupt media mob in and the the rage, psychotic Trump Democrats? Nothing. But you, you would think Trump did a bad thing. What have I been saying? If Donald Trump cured cancer. Some of you have been saying, Hannity, that's that's hyperbolic. That's hyperbole. You're, you're going real far here. I'm actually convinced if he cured cancer, they'd want to impeach him for curing cancer because he put he, some jobs were lost in the process. They'll figure out a, a crazy, insane reason why he gave every American a million dollars. They'd still want to impeach him. Why isn't it five? There's nothing he can do in the eyes of these lunatics. You know, I, I I couldn't take it. And I try not to tweet as much as I used to, but I couldn't take it this weekend. And I just fired off a tweet. Not me. I sent it to my wonderful team, Linda and Kristen, and you guys did it. Thank you very much. And it's about the Washington Post. One of the Washington Post. They had a headline. Now, it says uh, ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, an austere religious scholar, dead at 48 and i'm like you've got to be kidding me i i'm 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 stunned this is the embodiment of the most heinous heartless cruel sick evil 
in our lifetime. And, and he's dead. And he's dead. And, you know, he was the head of ISIS after Abu Omar al-Baghdadi was killed in 2010 and said to have dent- and he detonated in uh, the suicide vest. And I'm reading this and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. An austere religious scholar dead at 48. Uh, no, he was cornered by the greatest, best, toughest military, uh, the heroes of this country on the face of this earth. We killed the evil SOB. And how can we ever trust the media? That that's their head, an austere religious leader, scholar. Wow. No, um, to educate the mob and the media, al-Baghdadi was the leader of ISIS. ISIS is the terrorist organization responsible for killing hundreds of thousands of innocent men, women, and children. Remember, they nearly wiped out the Yazidi Christians. I know a lot of people didn't follow it. We did. How many times did we have... Uh, our friend Nareen on the program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like begging. There's a Holocaust in our life. And it was murdered. How many of those women, you see the Christian women were taken captive and turned into sex slaves. That happened too. Uh, this organization took pleasure in torturing victims, lining them up and then videotaping their beheadings or, you know, or, or burning people alive like the Jordanian uh, Air Force member, if you remember that, burning people alive in cages and then using cars and trucks to mow down innocent people. But we're going we're gonna to describe in the corrupt mob in the media, Baghdadi, as an austere religious scholar. This is beyond sick and repulsive. This is this this is a psychosis. I I can't even I, I can't relate to it. You know, to to be, to look at Biden and Hunter and Biden bragging about leveraging the billion dollars to get a Ukrainian prosecutor fired. And then we have Hunter on tape. Did you did you have any experience in Ukraine? No. Any experience in energy? No. Oil? No. Gas? No. You think you maybe got the millions of dollars because your last name is Biden and your your dad's the second most powerful guy in the country? Yeah. And there and I look at the transcript. Donald Trump is enforcing the laws of the land, faithfully executing, trying to get to the bottom of 2016 election corruption and frankly, Biden's corruption. They want to impeach him for that. You know, and and the only thing that the Democrats, they're most pissed off about is he didn't inform them. These are people that are not rational anymore. These are people that can't be that 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 you cannot ration with to be a Democrat. Now, you've got to suspend any belief in objective truth. You have to eliminate all reason and common sense in your thinking. You have to wake up in a psychotic rage of hating Trump. So the president, who is constitutionally the commander in chief, that president now has to make a call that put American troops in harm's way. That's his role. That's his job as commander in chief. Nancy Pelosi beholden to the most radical group of the squad 
I don't trust her because I don't, she's capable of anything at this point. If you're going to say that Ukrainian transcript is impeachable, you're capable of anything. You're going to tell the corrupt Schiff, the guy that had contact with the, quote, non-whistleblower, whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower, and his office had contact with this whistleblower, non-whistleblower, and that, oh, we're not going to call the whistleblower, non-whistleblower, uh, uh, hearsay whistleblower, because they might ask questions about me and my office and whatever we might have advised them. It's so corrupt. It's so despicable. It should make every American angry. And you got the crazy liberal Joe. Trump sounded like Saddam Hussein and, and Muammar Gaddafi. And we, I'm wondering, other people saying we might have made him the, the ISIS people mad. Trump already beat the caliphate in Syria, destroyed them. This is where Republicans were so stupid when the president said, I don't want to be in these war zones endlessly. He had already taken off the, the handcuffs on our military from the Obama-Biden years, the rules of engagement, and he bombed the living out of them. And he eviscerated them in Syria. And I guess if he did it once, if he had to go back and do it again, I'm pretty sure he would do it again. He's pretty consistent in, in how he governs in life, isn't he? Fairly predictable. He made promises. He kept them. Now, I've got a lot to say about all of this. We'll get to. Well, no, this is how sick the left is. Listen to Joyless Behar, The View. Republicans and Democrats are united in their applause for the news that a military operation in Syria took down the number one most wanted terrorist in the world, ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Here's the press conference from yesterday. Take a look. Last night, the United States brought the world's number one terrorist leader to justice, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is dead. He was the founder and leader of ISIS, the most ruthless and violent terror organization anywhere in the world. He died after running into a dead-end tunnel, whimpering and crying and screaming all the way. So can we at least agree that the world is a better place without this guy in it? Who, Trump or the Baghdadi? <laughs> Which one do you think? But Daddy's a bad guy. I'm yeah. glad he's dead. Trump is now taking credit for all of this. And I remember when uh, when Osama bin Laden. Yeah, we got him. We got was, all the tweets uh, up that he put up. Was uh, uh, captured. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, are, Obama should not be taking credit for this because the Navy SEALs did it. Well, in this case, the special ops or whoever they were did this thing also. So maybe he should back off a little bit and stop bragging about it so much. It is that sick. Um, we'll compare probably in the next hour. We have. Oh, how did they react during the uh, Obama years when bin Laden was killed? I mean, if you just go through the mob and the media and the Democrats, by the way, Democrats are going to vote Thursday, supposedly the full house on whether they want to impeach Trump over what? Nothing. It, it, look, let him do it. Because all they're going to do is guarantee that people that have supported this president that see this for the corruption that it is with no, no underlying anything, they'll wait online in the freezing cold and mud for or two weeks if they have to, to vote for him again. I-25 now till the top of the hour, 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program 
Uh, Trump sounded like Saddam Hussein. They're so upset. They're literally, he might have angered ISIS. They might have got mad, mad at us. Maybe they were a little more angry when he crushed them in Syria and defeated the caliphate that Obama didn't do. Can I raise a point? You can raise a point. Your and voice is getting better. It is. It's back. I'm ready to irritate you. I'm I'm, I'm in full effect. That's what, what I want to hear on a Monday. I've had a whole week to not talk. I don't have enough people that irritate me in my life anymore. I, but I do it better than most. So, mm. you know, I practice really hard. I, clearly. But World War II veterans are turning over in their graves and the ones who still bless us with their presence. Can you imagine any of them ever saying, oh, we don't want to infuriate the Germans. We don't want to get them upset. I mean, coming from a position, I mean, it's unbelievable. Newt Gingrich, actually, and he'll join us at the top of the next hour. And he, he actually responded in a, in a column and he said, the Washington Post ISIS obituary calling Baghdadi an austere scholar. Wow. He said it's like Hitler. And I, I never like Hitler analogies. I think everyone overuses them. It was a frustrated painter. This was a cold blooded mass murdering terrorists. This was a serial rapist and destroyer of life. They did it in the most sick, ugly, painful, twisted way you could ever think of, which is let's chop people's heads off. Let's put people in cages and put them on fire. Let's capture the women and they become uh, sex slaves. that get raped, brutally raped every day. I mean, this is it. But don't give him credit. James Clapper uh, killing Baghdadi. No big deal. No big deal at all. You know, but uh, very few in the media also pointed out the top spokesperson for ISIS is also dead. Thanks to the the president's call and the military's great work. You know, the other thing I'll say to Republicans and I never understood. This is outrageous. He's killing people. He doesn't know what he's doing about the Syrian policy. Well, number one, the president said he doesn't want to fight endless wars. And the track record of the president with, OK, here are the handcuffs. I'm taking them off. No more rules of engagement. Military guys, there's ISIS. Go beat them. And they did. He never got credit for that. And part of his strategy, he doesn't want to be there forever. I don't want it. We don't need our kids there forever. Now, Lindsey Graham has pointed out maybe we need intelligence on the ground, X number of things. I think the best thing the president, the promise that he kept that nobody paid a lot of attention to or he got criticized for is, well, he's given the oil to the Kurds. Yeah, the oil to the Kurds is their lifeline without us having to be on the ground helping them. Well, the president's saying so. some of the Kurds are corrupt. You know, there is um, heart-wrenching tribute to the president from the mother and father of that woman who was kidnapped, raped, and tortured. Remember that case? Kayla is her name. Um, uh, Kayla Muller is her name. And the parents of, and she was a human rights activist, the, her parents said that their daughter might still be alive at Obama been as decisive as Trump in ordering military action to recover her from ISIS before her death. And they told the Arizona Republic they credited Trump. Now, Obama could have done this when he was pre- Joe, you know, sleepy, creepy, crazy. By the way, he had a horrible, horrible uh, uh, interview on 60 Minutes last night. It was awful. 
Well, nobody's ever going to say that in the media. You know, look, you got to remember that Investor's Business Daily, the, the anti-Trump media, their headline in their editorial today is uh, literally, well, no, it was actually goes back a couple of weeks. Um, I, I pulled it out for today. Media, Trump hatred, 92% negative coverage of his presidency. I, I, I thought it was 100. Maybe they factor my show in. That's the other, you know, me and a few others, you know, on talk radio and and a couple of people on Fox. That's it. And, you know, it's CNN complaining that Trump shared too much. He didn't thank the CIA. Newsbusters picked this up. Yes, he did actually thank the CIA. And this and this is where why I spend so much time delineating between the corrupt deep state operatives in the intel community as the 1% that abuse the the powerful tools of intelligence we entrust with them versus the 99% that risk their their life every day to save our lives against enemies foreign and domestic that's why i spend an awful lot of time delineating between the the Comeys and the McCabe's and the Strucks and the Pages and whoever else is involved in all of this, this abuse of power with the 99 percent that do a great job. And we better clean up the world's premier law enforcement agency uh, fast or it, 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 none of this is good. Same with the intel community. You know, I'm watching all of this and, you know, Nancy Pelosi, gateway pundit, Trump revealed congressional leaders were not notified during their attack due to their constant leaking. Reporter, did you notify Speaker Pelosi? No, I did not. And have you notified the congressional leaders about this, Pelosi? Uh, we've notified some. Others are being notified now as I speak. Uh, we were going to notify him last night, but we decided not to do that because Washington leaks like I've never seen before. There's nothing, there's no country in the world that leaks like we do. And Washington is a leaking machine. And I told my people we will not notify them until uh, the our great people are out. Not just in, but out. I don't want to have them greeted with... Uh, fire power like you wouldn't believe so we were able to get in it was top secret it was kept there were no leaks no nothing the only people that knew were the few people that i dealt with well he does have a point because there's never been a president in the history of the country that his private conversations with prime ministers and presidents are leaked and pelosi's so unhappy first reaction to the success of taking out the number one mass murderer terrorist in in the world today, you know, is that, uh, well, President Trump authorized this takeout of the world's most wanted terrorists. You know, she sounded almost unhappy. And here, Nancy Pelosi, you know, no congratulations. And after some what seemed like obligatory remarks praising the special forces teams that carried out the raid, Pelosi quickly transitioned to bashing Trump. Americans salute the heroism, dedication, skill of our military and our intelligence professionals and acknowledge the work of our partners in the region. We are relieved that no U.S. personnel died in this daring raid. Okay, that's the sum total of Pelosi's praise. You know, two sentences. That's what she could manage in this case. No mention of the president. I said at the time, you got to give Obama credit. He, He pulled the trigger. He did it on the bin Laden raid. 
Now, our military did it, by the way. And the only way we got that, nobody wanted to hear the other part of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. And the rest of the story was without the enhanced interrogation of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed that led to the idea that, well, uh, Osama bin Laden only communicated through a courier. Well, that led us to the courier that led us right to Pakistan and where bin Laden was hanging out. So anyway, then she goes on. The death of Baghdadi is uh, significant, but the death of ISIS, the ISIS leader doesn't mean the death of ISIS. Has she not been watching? Does anybody, but they're not going to report the great economy, the best employment situation since 1969. And that Americans, 7 million Americans put on food stamps because of the failed policies of Biden and Obama, 7 million are off or the 7 million new jobs or the energy independence or the, the fact that America is, is literally at its almost at full employment with a low, with the lowest unemployment rate since 1969. We don't want to do that. And Scores of ISIS fighters. Well, what did Obama do? He drew a red line in the sand and didn't it got crossed and he did nothing. Zip. And then you even have top Obama officials all over the programs, literally trashing the Baghdadi raid. You know, two Obama national security officials. They sounded irked yesterday, asked about the stunningly successful special forces. Uh, raid authorized by the president to take out the world's most wanted terrorist, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Interviewed on Face the Nation, retired Admiral James Winfield served as Obama's vice joint chief's chairman. Mike Morrell served as Obama's deputy CIA director. It, it, again, it's like perfunctory praise for the dramatic takedown, then launching into a barrage of nitpicking. You know, like, uh, you know, this. This is piling on. This is one of the president's remarks that that did bother me. The continual piling on of humiliation. Oh, we've got to talk nicer to ISIS. That's it. We've got to be nicer in our words. Um, A little bit of that is appropriate. You're sending a signal to his followers around the world that could cause them to lash out possibly more harshly. Uh, You idiot. What do you think they're doing when they cut people's heads off and burn people in cages and kill women and children and take on Yazidi Christians as sex slaves? House Intel Committee, by the way, they were too busy trying to impeach the president to actually have any briefing on the al-Baghdadi raid. <laughs> Leading Republican uh, on the House Intel Committee said the the corrupt Coward Adam Schiff hasn't been able to schedule any national security briefings on topics like the raid that killed Baghdadi because he's too busy trying to impeach Trump. ISIS joke on Saturday Night Live also backfired over the weekend. Talk about kind of cringeworthy timing for the psycho Alec Baldwin. And, you know, Saturday Night Live has just gotten lame. It's not funny anymore. Anyway, U.S. forces are doing their job to win the war on terror. Anyway, you got uh, Alec Baldwin's Trump greeted by a rotating cast of loyal supporters at a rally in New Mexico. when you know, Davidson, this guy works for Saturday Night Live, strolls up dressed in all black, smiling, a smiling ISIS fighter. That was supposed to be a dig over Trump pulling out forces after he already defeated the caliphate. Uh, Don't forget that. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. He died like a coward. He died, you know, and that offended some people. Well, he was a coward, wasn't he? 
Notice all these terrorist leaders, promised virgins in heaven. They're not so quick to go out there and do the suicide bombings that they get other people to do. They're not so quick. They don't want the virgins, I guess, as badly as other people that they're promised in, in paradise if they kill innocent men, women, and children. And I'm pretty amazing. And he killed his three kids in the process. Um, anyway, it's, it, these are unbelievable times we live in. Unbelievable. All right, by the way, so the House will vote on impeachment procedures Thursday. And I was debating Carvel. There is no reason to impeach Trump. There's nothing in there except we now know that Donald Trump, we know that Donald Trump did what they said they needed done, which is get into Ukraine election interference. And the ones that are screaming the loudest, no, it's a conspiracy theory. If you talk about Hunter Biden, who admits zero experience, none in Ukraine, oil, gas, China, energy, doesn't have any. Well, then why did Biden leverage a billion dollars of taxpayer money? Now, Democrats have to have the vote because the Senate, thanks to Lindsey Graham, is forcing that vote. Good. Get on the record. And maybe you can adopt transparency procedures that Newt Gingrich afforded everybody. Now, on top of that, we already know the answer because we have the transcript. We know that the president was faithfully executing the laws of the land and getting to the bottom of election interference because Ukraine, they were supporting Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. Ukraine was. They admitted to it. They've offered evidence of it. And yet nobody cares. That's why to be a liberal today, you have to suspend all common sense, all intellectual honesty, reason and 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 object any any adherence to objective truth to be a psycho liberal. I'm going to tell you something. I want you go. You guys go ahead with your impeachment madness. You guys just like I'm watching, you know, the the mob and the media. You know, this week's Democratic talking point was it's a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump is bringing up the conspiracy theory about Joe Biden conspiracy theories. No, Hunter got the money. Hunter took the money and evidence is mounting, by the way, that Obama's FBI acted with a nefarious intent. And I watched very closely the attorney general, William Barr, this weekend defending that John Durham is making progress in the origins of the Russia probe. Why do I think Andy McCarthy's right? You can't have uh, uh, these operations happening, intelligence operations happening without president's approval. What did Obama know? What did Obama know? When did he know it? And you got James Comey trying to get out ahead of this soon to be released report by the IG. But now the latest thing is let's slam Barr. Let's go after Barr. The bar must be doing the bidding of the president. That's no, not happening at all because they know what they did. They know what's coming and they know what the evidence is going to prove. And guess what? They're all scared. They know this is going to be bad for them. So I say you guys go for it. All right. Got to take a break. Appeasement. It's a page from the age-old Republican presidential playbook. Whatever it takes, do whatever it takes, make the Democrat look timid and weak. Well, here's tonight's truth. It won't work this time. To borrow a sports cliche, the best defense 
is a good offense. Ask Osama bin Laden and uh, the 22 out of 30 top al-Qaeda leaders who've been taken off the field uh, whether I engage in appeasement. Point, set, match, Obama. He started this year's awards with, as before with President Obama. What was his best move, his singular achievement of 2011? Was it getting Osama bin Laden or toppling Muammar Gaddafi? I covered the Bush White House. He started uh, the war in Afghanistan, but it took um, President Obama to finally capture and kill um, uh, bin Laden. There have been more drone attacks under the Obama administration than the Bush administration. There's an argument that can be made, and there are numbers that support that Obama has more aggressively uh, prosecuted the quote-unquote war on terror, if you like that phrase, mm-hmm. some don't, um, than Bush did. Gas prices may finally be going down. The report last week shows jobs were added to the economy. And of course, Osama bin Laden is dead. Does this make Barack Obama unbeatable in the coming election? Osama bin Laden's dead and General Motors is alive. Osama bin Laden is dead and General Motors is alive. Y'all want a bumper sticker? That's a bumper sticker. Kind of sums it up. The President of the United States went on talking about how uh, Baghdadi died like a, quote, dog, a coward, a whimpering, um, whimpering and sniveling. Uh, He sounded not like a President of the United States. He actually Sounded like Saddam Hussein after torturing people. Uh, sounded like Muammar Gaddafi after he would torture uh, uh, people. I wonder here um, if this type of killing only reinforces the ideology of Baghdadi's followers and in fact strengthens oh, it. Well, it doesn't make it any easier for those of us who want to destroy the organization completely. All right. The president did something that we don't see U.S. presidents do. He used language uh, that is going to really incite uh, Baghdadi's followers. Uh, If they hear it, he called him a dog, said he died whimpering like a coward, said he wished he could show the video uh, so that people could see exactly how he died. Because last week or in the last two weeks, President Trump made a decision that really took the foot off the neck of ISIS by taking the ground force that was containing them, the Kurds, and abandoning them. And I think President Trump's going to look at this and say, see, I can shrink the footprint and do this. Uh, I'll be curious to see his posture this morning, but it very much might have a mission accomplished feel to it on this. ISIS is more than just uh, Baghdadi, as important as he was. I, I don't think we can say at this point, that uh, we can stop worrying about ISIS. President's language, you know, whimpering dogs, uh, crying, uh, it's just astonishing, bellicose, boastful uh, language is unhelpful. Uh, you know, it's just astonishing to me, it's sort of unpresidential conduct. But might it also incite rage from those who followed him as if there was a lack of respect shown to him and then, you know, Get their blood boiling, if you will. But now with the fog of war dissipating, a few questions arise. Why did the president provide such an amount of details about the operation? All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. You ever doubt media bias? Did you ever doubt media bias? Here you have Baghdadi. Here you have an evil, evil S.O.B., an an austere religious scholar dead at 48, is how the Washington Post put it. Well, cornered by the greatest, best, toughest military heroes on Earth. How about um, 
we killed the guy that um, was the leader of ISIS, the terrorist organization responsible for killing hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, the, the, the same ISIS that took pleasure in torturing victims, uh, that lit- beheadings that were made available on videotape, burning people alive in cages, using cars and trucks to mow down innocent people. And we're going to describe him as an austere religious scholar, as the Washington Post did. And you have uh, the ever so psychotic and fearful James Clapper, former director of, of national intelligence. By the way, yeah, he's part of the 1% swamp, the intelligence community. Why do I always distinguish between the 99% and the, and the 1% that abuse power, the powerful tools of intelligence? Killing Baghdadi, oh, that's no big deal. Oh, really? Tell that to the brave men and women that put their lives at risk for this operation this weekend. It also killed the top spokesperson for ISIS. By the way, it also maybe educated some Republicans and reminded them of what I was saying. Trump had no trouble taking off the handcuffs, eliminating the rules of engagement of the Obama era and defeating the caliphate in Syria completely. And well, Trump's Syria policy, the one that actually defeated ISIS, that was his Syria policy. And yes, he said he didn't want endless wars. Anyway, Newt Gingrich is with us. By the way, there's an Investor's Business Daily number out today in an article. Um, you know, the, the economy, and they did some 92% negative coverage as president now gets in the media. Newt Gingrich is with us, and I saw a piece up in Newsweek, and you were quoted as saying, calling Baghdadi an austere scholar is like saying Hitler was a frustrated painter. I, I mean, you hear the difference. Obama kills Osama. Look, they praise, praise, praise. I think what his language is incendiary. He might make them mad. That was what we heard all weekend. Well, I think this is deeper than the degree to which they hate Trump, although it is true that they hate Trump. I think this is the culture of the left where um, they basically bend over backwards uh, to be pro-Islam and to be anti-Western. And the Washington Post bouncing back and forth between headlines uh, was almost pathetic yesterday. Uh, but to describe it, look, let, let me be very clear, because I don't think the media ever gave it full credence. Baghdadi is an evil person who kept women as sexual slaves, including an American woman who died in captivity. He is a man who uh, led an organization which burned to death in public in a cage a Jordanian Air Force pilot. Uh, he waged a war of annihilation against the city, a small group of people in northern Iraq uh, who he wanted to wipe out. And when they captured your city women, they were automatically turned into sexual slaves. He was a serial rapist. Uh, I mean, all this stuff about Baghdad is though it's confusing. It's not confusing. This was a genuinely evil person. And I think that he ought to be dealt with as a genuinely evil person. And I, I was so angry yesterday at the Washington Post that I, I both uh, tweeted and I did uh, Facebook Live and uh, did everything I could to communicate uh, that this is really so beyond the pale. I mean, the, the Post ought to hire an investigator and find out what, what people wrote this and fire them. That's how, in my judgment, that's how bad it is and how unpatriotic and anti-American it is. 
it is it is also it fits though, doesn't it, into the psychotic rage of and and psychosis that is hate Donald Trump. Look, you, you know what the biggest complaint of the Democrats, more than anything else, rather than praising the president and recognizing the evil that you're describing, uh, nobody even even Republicans did not understand how he had single handedly defeated the caliphate in Syria. Well, we don't have enough troops on the ground. And I'm like, OK, well, the president made sure we talked to Russia and he and he talked to Turkey. Yeah, to make sure that they don't get in the way of our operation and that they better stay the hell away from this operation, because uh, if they get involved, it's going to be a problem. And and the biggest complaint, well, Trump kept the Baghdadi mission secret from Pelosi. Uh Pelosi is now governed every action by the psychotic left, the the this new Democratic extreme party. And I don't trust anything that she's capable of doing at this point. Ninety four trillion new Green Deal. Sure, I'll push it as long as you let me be speaker. Impeachment over nothing. Sure, as long as I'm speaker. Look, I I think anybody who picks uh, Adam Schiff to be the head of the Intelligence Committee has disqualified themselves from any sense of judgment about uh, how national security works. Uh, the idea that, that the president should have risked the lives of, of some 72 young Americans by telling some people who leak like crazy in an age when those leaks can go worldwide instantaneously is just insane. Uh, and I think the complaints of the Democrats, if you look at their behavior, they haven't earned being briefed. They've done just the opposite. And I, I, frankly, I think as long as Steve Schiff, uh, I mean, as, as Adam Schiff is, is uh, chairman of that committee, uh, if, if I were to ask, I would say do not share anything with the Intelligence Committee as long as he's the chairman because he is so totally dishonorable. Uh, and frankly, I think the he, no he's compromised, Mr. Speaker. He's compromised. He's corrupt. He's a coward. And he's also a liar because he's been telling us for three years he's got all the evidence on Trump-Russia collusion. Now, his office apparently had contact with the non-whistleblower whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower in the process of this Ukraine witch hunt. And I got to tell you something. Well, we're not going to bring in the whistleblower anymore. Why? To protect him. Because the Republicans will start asking, what was your relationship with people in Schiff's office? What advice did they give you? Where did you get this third hand account? I mean, so let's do it behind closed doors. The process is one thing. Remember, they're also going to ask him, did you actually work for Joe Biden in the White House? Bingo. Bingo. Well, we'll get we'll get new whistleblowers, Mr. Speaker. These didn't work out, but we'll find new ones. Well, I, I had somebody in Wisconsin Saturday say to me, uh, this is this is all just a group of sore losers. And I thought that captured it. Over 70 percent of the people who favor impeachment reached that conclusion the day after the election. Now, think about that. They're not trying to impeach Donald Trump for anything he's done. They're trying to impeach him for being Donald Trump. Where, and that goes totally against the American system. So I'm going to air this tonight at some point during the program. I had debated Carville over the weekend. And at one point during the debate, and I actually get along with James Carville. We've done this before. I think you've debated him over the years, haven't you? Absolutely. Okay. He can be very funny. And I, I, all he said, he just kept, and we're going to impeach him. And the Senate Republicans aren't going to want to run on a ticket with him at the top. And I'm like, yes, they are, because we've <laughs> never had a better economy 
you know, all right, now if you listen to Biden, we can now say Baghdadi's dead and we have the lowest un- unemployment rate since 1969 and record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans and women in the workplace. I think he could just run on the Obama reelection slogan or the Reagan one. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Oh, I think that's right. And I look, I think. And I shocked uh, liberals when they asked me. Uh, I think the president is very, very likely to get reelected. I think he may get reelected in the landslide, which makes Kevin McCarthy the next Speaker of the House. And I think we might have an agenda in 2021 comparable to the contract with America. So I think I like I'm, that I'm a lot. Stay optimistic. Stay, I'm optimistic too. And you and I were one of maybe. 10 people in the country that saw that he could absolutely win in 2016. Quick break. Newt Gingrich with us. He's going to remain. Take your calls in the next half hour as well. All right, as we continue, Newt Gingrich is with us. Uh, he's going to take your calls in the next half hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Uh, his new book on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, Trump versus China facing America's greatest threat, also in bookstores around the country. All right. So do you think they impeach him? What happens in the Senate and what's the impact on 2020? Well, I think, and my newsletter that I'm writing today is going to say that uh, Lindsey Graham, with the help of Mitch McConnell, has changed the entire uh, face of things because Lindsey Graham offered a resolution with Mitch's co-sponsorship and now has 50 Republican senators on it, which means with the vice president's vote, they they have signaled that they have the votes to simply dismiss whatever comes out of the House, and they set the right standard. Basically, what that resolution says is, you don't clean up your act, and you don't do this in a way which fits the rule of law and fits the American Constitution. We are not going to take it seriously. So they've now served notice to the House of Representatives that everything Pelosi's currently doing will have no meaning Unless they clean their act up, and I, I can't imagine that the Democrats can get themselves under control enough uh, to get anything positive done. So you don't you don't I, think I, they're going to take that signal, which is basically, um, we're not going to go along with your witch hunt if you're not allowing the due process. The the uh, you're not basically they're not doing anything that Newt Gingrich did for Bill Clinton in 1998 and his impeachment. Right, and they're not doing anything that Peter Rodino did in 1992, 1973 for Richard Nixon. I mean, we have a clear track record of how to do this. And we've done it once with Republicans, once with Democrats. And Pelosi and Schiff have violated every part of the American Constitution. You are guaranteed a right of due process in the Bill of Rights. The president is an American. He's guaranteed the same due process as anybody else. They're violating it. They're going back to a pre-1641 model called the Star Chamber, and they're doing all this stuff in secret. The president's lawyer is not allowed in there. The Republicans aren't allowed to bring in uh, to, to subpoena witnesses. And in fact, the Republicans aren't allowed to take any of the material out, and they can only read the material with a Democratic staffer looking over their shoulders. It is the most outrageous one side thing I can remember in modern American history. Stay right there. Newt Gingrich uh, will take your calls for the speaker. When we do this, people love it. Um, and calls, comments, questions, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. David Limbaugh, why Democrats must not win? We got to get into this. This will be this will be the end of the America that we knew growing up. New Green Deal, socialism galore, no free, you know, everything's free. 
and you can't get private health insurance. It's insane. Quick break. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Your calls for the speaker straight ahead. Trump versus China, by the way. Newt's new book. It's in bookstores everywhere. Amazon.com. We'll continue. So I'm watching the the media mob, and we'll, we played this montage at the beginning of the last hour, how the media mob reacts when bin Laden is killed versus Trump and Baghdadi. You know, Scarborough, Trump sounded like Saddam Hussein and, and Gaddafi saying that uh, uh, announcing killing the ISIS leader. You know, James Clapper, Baghdadi's death could galvanize ISIS. We can't stop worrying. Or, oh, he sounded so mean and he might make ISIS angry. And the Washington Post, which I mentioned earlier, their obituary, an austere uh, religious scholar instead of the terrorist that he is. Uh, you got NBC fake conspiracy news. Trump taking a victory lap after killing the ISIS leader. Is he not supposed to be proud of the, the military that that did this dangerous operation? Or Susan Rice saying ISIS's uh, leader's death is not mission accomplished or, you know, Biden. Same thing. Anyway, Newt Gingrich is with us. Um, I don't even know what to make of the media anymore. Not only was I right in 07 when I said journalism is dead, because, as you know, the media would never vet Barack Obama in 07 and 08. But now it's just it is now the state run TV, state run newspapers, state run pretty much all the media, except for like a few of us on Fox and a few of us on talk radio and people like yourself. Well, look, but I, I think it's pretty it's pretty simple. Uh, the left hates Trump. He is the end of their world. Uh, he drives them crazy. Every time they wake up in the morning, he's still there. He tweets to remind them he's there. That drives them even crazier. Um, they watch uh, Mitch McConnell and this great partnership with Trump uh, changing the judiciary more than any other time in history. I mean, it's amazing how many judges that they're getting through. They watch uh, a pro-American policy uh, around the world. Uh, and then, and then, of course, they watch it working, which is even worse. I mean, I, I think it's not, it's not easy to, to overstate how much the American news media and the newsrooms are dominated by people who are very uncomfortable with American uh, nationalism and American supremacy and have this deep, they, they flinch at the idea that somehow uh, the United States is a remarkable country. They think it, it's unseemly for us to, to be so openly in favor of, of uh, America. And, and it's, 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 it's who they are. I mean, it's, not, you know, it's beyond politics. It's the culture. It's the way they live. And they wake up in the morning. I, I had somebody yesterday say um, that they literally couldn't talk with me about Trump because they get so upset thinking about it that they can't even discuss it. Now, that that's a long way from from normal American politics. Let me go back to what Biden said in the 2012 campaign. Bin Laden's dead and GM is alive. Hey, I got a bumper sticker for you. OK, Osama bin Laden's dead and General Motors is alive. Osama bin Laden. All right, we got it. We got it. We got it. So the point is now Donald Trump Baghdadi's dead and we have the lowest unemployment since 1969 and record low unemployment for African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. And it's even better than that. He gave us the biggest tax cuts in history. 
has eliminated more burdensome bureaucracy than any president in the last hundred years. He kept his promise on originalists on the court. He found a way, didn't get a lot of help from Congress to fund building the wall, and it's being built, as he promised. He got trade deals with Japan, half the deal done with China. He got it done with Mexico, Canada, and our Western European allies. NATO is now paying more. And, oh, we're energy independent for the first time in 75 years. So with that campaign in the backdrop, impeachment in the forefront, do they impeach him? Will they get the message from the Senate and now make this more transparent. Uh, I, I don't. The, the process is one thing. I don't see what you impeach him for. To me, getting to the bottom well, of 2016 election interference was was the smart thing to do. And then, you know, how does this impact 2020? Is what I'm asking. But look, I, I think that we have misunderstood what's going on. They want to impeach him for being Donald Trump. They don't. They don't particularly care what he did or didn't do. Uh, I mean, if you don't like the first five reasons, they'll give you a sixth, seventh, and eighth. And that's why when, when I went back to the pollsters after this guy said to me on Saturday, this, this is just about sore losers. And the pollsters came back and said to me, oh, yeah, uh, 70 percent of the people who want to impeach Trump made that decision the day after the election. Now, this is totally un-American. This is uh, let's reverse the vote of the American people, strip the president from office because we don't like him. It does not. So it's not about what he did. It's about the very being of Donald Trump. And I think that is such a break with the American system that nobody yet realizes how profoundly radical what uh, Pelosi is allowing Schiff to do is and how much it threatens the whole stability of the American system. I debate. Carville didn't have an answer. I said, what crime did he violate, J- James? Uh, well, they were going to impeach him and they're going to impeach him again and again and again. I'm like, OK, what crime did he commit? Couldn't answer. You know, and, and to me, that, yeah. in their world, that doesn't matter. OK, but then. All right. Let's assume for a minute they, quote, get the vote and they impeach him, which I think is political suicide. Then it goes to the Senate. I don't think the Senate's going to convict him because there's nothing to convict him on. How does that impact 2020? Look, first of all, that's, I think, the key meaning of the resolution that Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell introduced last week. You now have 50 senators plus the vice president saying, you you send us a piece of junk and we can just move to dismiss it. We don't have to have a trial. And that provision of moving to dismiss was actually part of the 1998 impeachment process. So it's clearly in order to say there's not sufficient evidence here. Let's just move to dismiss it. And I think they're telling us right right now, if you don't if you don't change what you're doing, we are not going to deal with this. What do you think? Seventy percent of millennials, according to this poll, said they'd vote for a socialist. Okay, Uh, we got AOC and her ninety four trillion dollar new green deal. Everything's going to be free. No oil or gas in 10 years, no combustion engine, no cows, no planes, but free child care, free this, free, 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 all the way down the line. Uh, no means to pay for it. Medicare for all with no option of private insurance. Um, would people buy the lie of that false security, something that can never be fulfilled or sustained economically? Look, I, I think this is the great test of how bad our education system has gotten. Uh, I, I tell everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you from California, which is becoming Venezuela. I mean, you, you, they have there are 2.4 million people out here with no electricity. Now, when's the last time we've had a, and the California government, which is utterly incompetent because it's a left-wing socialist government, 
They can't run anything. So they have homeless people all over the place. They're having huge fires because they can't clear the brush. Nobody's clever enough to realize you have a couple hundred thousand homeless. A bunch of them are able-bodied. Maybe they should be out clearing the brush to stop the fires. You have a, 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 a system of electricity company so burdened by the politicians in Sacramento, they can't modernize the electric lines. So they're actually causing fires. I mean, we just need to say to everybody in the country, you, do you really think Venezuela is our future? Because that, in fact, is exactly what Elizabeth Warren stand, stands for. That's what Sanders stands for. And, and the reason young people tell you that they vote for socialism is that for two generations, you and I have failed to take on the National Education Association and then just blow up You're right. the kind of left-wing indoctrination uh, that's going on in our schools. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Newt Gingrich's book is out. Bookstores everywhere. Uh, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, Trump versus China. Uh, let's start in Georgia, where Bob is uh, calling from. The ever-so-powerful WSB. Uh, Bob, say hi to the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Wow, what a great privilege to speak to two great Americans. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you've both brought a lot of attention to Adam Schiff's outlandish behavior in this bogus impeachment inquiry. But I'd, I'd ask you to consider this. You know, Schiff has been posturing that the secrecy of the proceedings is necessary to protect the whistleblower and the witnesses from Trump and to protect the integrity of their testimony. Uh, Schiff isn't in any way sincere about protecting the witnesses. I believe all of this is secrecy by Schiff to protect himself from incrimination. You know, he's engaging in so many shady and nefarious maneuvers that he has to protect himself first and foremost to accomplish his goal. Uh, you take into account when uh, the Republicans stormed the hearing room last week during the uh, Laura Cooper uh, testimony, the uh, deputy assistant secretary of defense for Russia, I think she was. You know, it was reported that Adam Schiff left the room with the witness in tow. Now, if that's true, that strikes me as highly inappropriate that the chief interrogator would be allowed to exit with the witness. Why was he absconding with her and where did they go? Great question. Uh, you know what? We know he's compromised. We know he's corrupt. We also know he lied to us about Trump Russia for three years, but he's running the show behind closed doors. But there's still nothing in the transcript anyway, Mr. Speaker. No, and look, I think, first of all, uh, you have to recognize that, that, as you pointed out earlier, this whistleblower is totally phony. I, I think we should just describe them as a leaker because they're not really a whistleblower. They, they, they had nothing to blow the whistle about. Their, their letter was factually false. They had no firsthand knowledge. And this is just a guy who is a, is a, is a liberal who doesn't like Trump and who uh, is disgruntled. But what he's saying uh, has nothing to do with, with the real world of, of a true whistleblower. Second, how can you imagine that they're going to impeach Trump in the House and the Senate isn't going to insist on knowing who the whistleblower is? I mean, this, stuff is, this is the stuff that is just madness. And that's frankly what we're up against right now. You have, you have Democrats who are so rabidly angry at Trump uh, that they're just not thinking. Let's go to our phones. Thank you for the call. Jenny is in Arizona. Jenny, welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Say hello to former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Hi. Hi, Mr. Speaker, and hi, Sean. And I love that previous call. And all I wanted to ask in reference to Mr. Schiff is why somebody hasn't asked him if he is the whistleblower. That's a great yeah, question. Well, no, no. Who, who knows? Yeah, well, we, we, we know that the whistleblower, or at least we think we know, that the whistleblower worked in the White House probably for Vice President. President Biden and is a liberal Democrat who's anti-Trump. Uh, so I mean, it's, it's the worst possible witness. 
he'd be totally discredited in a, in a court of law. And that's why they're hiding him. So, you know, they, they started this whole thing based on this whistleblower. And now they're so ashamed of him, they're talking about not even bringing him in to testify. Now, that ought to tell you how, how sick this operation is. Thanks for the call, Jenny. We appreciate it. Uh, Don is in the important caucus state of Iowa. Don, hi, how are you? Welcome to the program. Thank you, Sean, for taking my call. 23 years of listening and appreciation. And Mr. Newt, thank you for uh, all you've done. And, and I say, Mr. Newt, with great respect. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Well, I appreciate you guys taking my call, and uh, I just wanted to weigh in on the president getting out Baghdadi. That was a great thing that he did and very intelligent, and he won't get credit from the media because of the fact that it goes against their narrative with him pulling troops out of Syria. Your reaction? I think that, did they, did they forget, Mr. Speaker, that he had wiped out the caliphate in Syria? Did they forget sure. all of that? Well, he, but yet, yet you don't, Sean, despite the fact that you're a national figure and that you are a remarkable analyst of the news, you, you just don't understand your many colleagues. Trump can't have wiped out the caliphate because that would be a positive thing. And since we all know that Trump never did anything positive, then he can't be given credit for that. Because by definition, if it did happen, it was probably the ghost of Barack Obama coming back from the last term because it can't have been Trump. I, mean, I think people need to get in their heads the depth of hostility. Uh, I mean, I was with somebody the other day who was a liberal Democrat uh, who, who would refer to the one who cannot be named because they would not say Trump's name. That's that's how sick this is. Stay right there, Speaker Gingrich. Uh, more calls on the other side, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. David Limbaugh is actually in studio. I'm looking at him now. He'll be joining us at the top of the next hour. Uh, both will be on Hannity tonight. we got a star-studded lineup. I hope you can uh, tune in as we're joined by not only Newt and, and David Limbaugh, Mark Meadows, Lindsey Graham tonight, Governor Huckabee tonight, Matt Gates and Peter Hegseth and, and Sidney Powell loaded up tonight. All right, final moments. Newt Gingrich will also join us on Hannity tonight at 9. His new book, Trump versus China, Facing America's Greatest Threat. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores anywhere. How confident were you in 2016 that Trump would win? And how confident are you now in the 30 seconds we have remaining? Well, I, I actually was very confident by October because I thought he had taken the measure of Hillary, and I thought Hillary in the end was just unelectable. I thought people didn't like her, and, and her comments like the deplorables. Uh, and, I, and I also thought his sheer human energy uh, just drowned her. Uh, so I'm, I'm about the same level of confidence today. I, I think Trump, the odds in, in three out of four futures, Trump is the president. Uh, and I think there's a, a real chance that he's going to win a, a Ronald Reagan-scale landslide uh, because uh, the left is so totally unacceptable. Uh, and and uh, I think people, the more they learn about them, uh, the more they're going to decide that's not the future they want. All right, Newt Gingrich, Trump versus China, Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Mr. Speaker, we'll see you tonight on Hannity. As always, thank you for being with us. When we come back, news roundup, information overload, the other news of the day. We'll get to more of your calls. David Limbaugh. He has a book out, Guilty by Reason of Insanity, Why Democrats Must Not Win. That important message next. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough 
to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. When was the last time an actor assassinated the president? I I, I, I want to clarify, I'm not an actor. I lie for a living. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. Donald Trump is a guy who you understand he hurts you. And, you, and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to uh, uh, feel like punching him, and uh, which would be bad for this elderly, out of shape man that he is if yeah. I did that. For when he was elected, what I wrote on Twitter was we should impose martial law till we make sure that the Russians weren't involved in the final tallies of the vote. And people were like, martial law, what's wrong with you? You're a lunatic. You're- well, he wants to send the military to the border. So I want to send the military to the White House to get him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You know, I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand and I was, you know, considering my options when I suddenly woke up. You know, it was one of those dreams where you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it, you know? Put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their face. Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him. No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets. Ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. I'm concerned the tea party can go straight to hell. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. <laughs> oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace. You know, when he's about to nuke Finland or something, <laughs> she's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy, <laughs> don't do it, daddy. You know? He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bull artist, a mutt. He's an idiot. He talks how he wants to punch people in the face. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. Trump. It's no longer down with Trump. It's Trump. And in that orderly and formal way and lawful way, we need to overthrow the government of the United States under Donald Trump. But Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go low. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. And when they go low, we'll, we're going to kick them. Anyway, news roundup and information overload hour 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, always a pleasure, privilege to invite back. Uh, this has been a longtime friend of the both TV and radio, David Limbaugh. Uh, I could not put this book down. Um, I'm honored that the two people that got to blurb it were me and the great one, Mark Levin. 
Uh, It's called Guilty by Reason of Insanity, Why the Democrats Must Not Win. Uh, Welcome back to New York. We're great from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, where I think more sane people live. Um, The middle America flyover country. You know, I was debating Carville this weekend and having read your book, I had a lot of your thoughts from this book in my head. And at one point, the issue is, well, are we ever going to get along? And I'm like, I, I, it's, I think the country, these are irreconcilable differences. Freedom, capitalism, socialism, and no freedom. New Green Deal, Medicare for all, no, no private health insurance. You have to win because otherwise, I believe they'll destroy the country with this idiocy that they're preaching. I totally agree. Thanks for having me on, Sean. You know, one of the things I address in the first chapter of the book is this canard or myth that conservatives and liberals, Republicans and Democrats have the same goals for the country, but just different ideas as to how to achieve them. I never did believe that, but it's even less true now. The two parties have different visions for America, conflicting worldviews. We believe, as you said, in liberty, equality of opportunity, racial colorblindness, equal treatment uh, for everyone, and the rule of law. We love the nation as founding ideals. They reject the nation as founded. They resent the nation. They don't like nation states. They can't stand America. Constantly want to bash it. They want to force equal outcomes economically. Uh, they reject equality of opportunity. They they want to. They have now embraced socialism. They reject colorblind. Think about this. They've turned Martin Luther King's vision on its on its head. Now you can't be judged by the content of your character. You must be judged by the color of your skin. That's what they preach today. It's dangerous for the country. It's destructive. It's destructive for race relations. You know, one of the things that I pointed out in this debate, also, I'm like. Uh, Look at the success of Trump. How do you run against this record? Now they're in this effort. They're going to they're going to, they want to impeach this president. And I think they jumped out of the plane. And I, I don't know how they get on, get back in the plane. I think they've gone overboard. The only thing is, will the 30, the 40 Democrats that are in Trump one districts of 2016 say this is a stupid idea. But now they'll impeach him for nothing. Yeah. Forget about the process. We've been talking a lot about process. Now they'll impeach him for nothing. Okay, he's not going to be convicted. To me, the people that I know in Cape Girardeau and all across America, I think they'll wait online in the freezing cold and and ice and snowstorms for weeks if they have to, to vote for Trump because of what they are doing to him and the great track record he's built using conservatism. Absolutely. And he has... Uh, produced amazing results, and, and you document those every day. These are objective results that are improving the lives of everyone in America economically. I mean, all groups, uh, especially minorities and women. Uh, but the left has revealed itself to be totally political about everything. Even this uh, raid on um, Baghdad, Baghdadi, oh. they, they are not happy about that. They're upset about it. They're making false excuses about he didn't notify them. Well, I wouldn't have notified those leakers either. But the problem is, uh, they don't appro- they don't uh, approve of what Trump's doing. All they care about is regaining power. So they're going to use race, gender, everything they. Well, you're they talking can. about identity politics. Identity politics. Everything they can to get back in power, but they don't have an agenda. You look at why one of the reasons they're so frustrated. They have policy failure after policy failure. The last three decades, at least, they have nothing to run on. So they run on race alone, gender alone. And the rest of it, and look at their economic ideas, socialism. They are fully embracing socialism, as I said, and and crazy environmentalism. If you implement all their draconian remedies, nothing would make a difference, an appreciable difference in 100 years. Yet they want to turn over 
uh, our economy to the central planners. Well, let me let me then ask this because Mitt Romney and company. Yep. Um. All right. So we have originalist judges. We have the the elimination of more burdensome bureaucracy, the biggest tax cuts, uh, better trade deals than ever, now everywhere, as he promised. Then we got the border wall money because he found another way to get it because he couldn't get Congress to do it. He keeps all of these promises. And then you got establishment Republicans. They hate Trump. Why? Uh, well, you know, I think there there is a, an idea with them, the, the so-called deep state, the establishment Republicans. They have differences with him on foreign policy. And they have this idea that you should get along with Democrats above all else. The crease in the pa- in Obama's pants is paramount. Uh, speaking in these highfalutin sentences uh, that the deep state uh, commentators and politicians speak in, people like Trump, among other reasons, because he talks their language, he cuts through the, the politically correct BS, and he does what People want him to do. He he is bullish on America. This is big. These deep state people have no idea what that even means. They're together up there uh, supporting themselves. Look at the money. Look at all these politicians having become millionaires just by virtue of being in office. How, how does the media and the left ignore Hunter and Joe Biden? We have a, we have Joe Biden on tape bragging he shook down in six hours using our money, uh, Ukraine Ukraine to fire the prosecutor that's paying his son who has no experience. Oh, that's not a problem because they're fragrant, flagrantly in cahoots uh, with the the Democratic Party. The media is so they will down they will downplay anything that Democrats do and uh, exaggerate any false allegations against Trump. So they're they're totally in the can. And we know we all know this. But now it's so far out in the open that we can't believe it. But the thing about these never Trumpers is that they are enabling the Democrats. Many of them are are getting on these MSNBC and the rest of these shows and and always siding with the Democrats. They are advocating that we elect Democrats. Now, think of the different worldviews the different policy agendas of the Democrats and the Republicans. And you want to tell me that Trump is so noxious to these people that they're going to elect full out socialists and they claim they're they're holding the mantle for conservatism. That's what they claim. And and, uh, aren't they helping embrace or elect that socialist ideology if, in fact, they're attacking the one guy that is governing conservatively? Yes, but it's even worse than that. They, I see a lot of them on Twitter actually saying, vote for Democrats. we got to get rid of this menace. And I want to make a point. They talk about how terrible Trump is and how crude he is and how he says things that are unorthodox and how he insults people. There is not, if, if Trump started insulting liberals, continued insulting liberals who go after him. And notice he never starts it, but he will counterpunch bigger than they punch in the first place. If he did it for the rest of his life every day, he would never equal their vitriol. And so why are they exempt from that? They're projecting. These people are so mean. They call him a Nazi. They call him a racist. Nothing's worse than the charge of racism. And it's not but true. That's Neither the identity pro- politics we get every single Two and four year election cycle, racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, dirty air, water, kill children. Granny eats uh, dog food or cat food and we throw over the cliff. That's that's standard fare for them. All right. So they have these insane ideas. You know, if you, you want to be a liberal, you're you're for more insanity than you could ever imagine than we could ever even talk about. So that you have these competing visions now for 2020. They want to start with impeachment. I don't see conviction. In any way, there's nothing impeachable. What is the 
what is at stake and what do you see in the 2020 election? Not only not only is there, is there not going to be a conviction, if there were a conviction, every Republican senator that voted against Trump would be slayed. They're, the public is not going to put up with this. What is at stake is whether we preserve America as founded. We know that if the left, if the Democrats, which, by the way, is a wholly owned subsidiary of the, of the extreme left, there's no debating it. Look at their debates, the Democratic debates. If they control, if they regain control, we're going to march rapidly towards socialism, full, crazy environmental environmentalist wacko ideas that will be implemented, more regulations, and the, the cultural insanity that they promote, the, the abortion on demand through birth uh, and basically infanticide and all the rest of the crazy ideas in the culture, the elimination of liberty, the uh, elimination or suppression of Christian liberties. We're not going to live in the same America. Our kids will not be bequeathed by us the same America. They won't have liberty like we do. We're going to be enslaved and impoverished. And I don't care how extreme I sound. Socialism leads to tyranny. I don't I don't think you sound extreme at all. I think it, it stay right there. D- David Limbaugh's in studio with us. He'll be on Hannity tonight. Um, this is the definitive. This is the definitive case of how, what America is going to be like if they win. It's it is that dire. The only answer is winning. Anyway, it's called guilty by reason of insanity. Why the Democrats must not win. If you love America and the America we grew up in, I agree with that. Uh, listen, want to remind you. Um, oh, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere just out today. All right, as we continue wrapping up with David Limbaugh's brand new book out, Guilty by Reason of Insanity, Why the Democrats Must Not Win, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Uh, you'll join us on Hannity tonight. We'll get into a lot of this. I, I, I will tell you that if we don't listen to your warning and admonition here, I fear for the country. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. You look at, uh, by the way, what I cover in this book is it's a comprehensive indictment of what the left is uh, standing for and what they're pushing in the culture and politically through the government. But the way they're exploiting race, the way they're uh, dividing people on the basis of their skin color. And the reason that Democrats promote that is they have a perpetual cause against us that they can attract minorities by saying we're racist. No How, does that we lead? Do. How does that all identity politics lead into this whole idea of socialism? <clears throat> well, they're all connected with these with their theories because they think that Cultural Marxism uh, defines everything. There's a class struggle. If you tell the average person on the street these ideas, other than uh, the very young people who have been indoctrinated, they will tell you this is insane. They These are objectively insane ideas, and they're promoting them front and center. I think all objective truth, reason, and common sense. That's what you have to eliminate now to be a Democrat. All right. Guilty by reason of insanity. David Limbaugh just out today. Bookstores everywhere. Hannity.com. Amazon.com. And you're going to be joining us with Newt. And we got a great lineup tonight. Uh, The death of Baghdadi and also this impeachment madness of the left. Uh, David, great to see you. We'll see you tonight. And as always, uh, I love your books. They're just phenomenal. Thanks Thanks. so much for having me. All right. 800-941-SEAN. Your call's coming up next as we continue. You straight ahead. Um, compromised or corrupted at the highest levels. I worry that its reputation for standing apart. The Justice Department is in the executive branch, but can never be 
in a spiritual, cultural sense, entirely of the executive branch. I worry that has been damaged in the short run. It'll recover in the long run by this attorney general's leadership and the way in which he has channeled the president, adopted his language, and in ways that a reasonable person from the outside would think he is running errands for the president. That may not be true, but the perception matters. Despite what your mom and dad told you growing up, when you're the attorney general of the United States, you have to care what other people think because your institution depends upon the faith and confidence of the American people. And so you have to constantly worry about what do the folks think about what we're doing and do they trust us? The things they've done over the last months have created doubt in the minds. I'm not talking about partisans who are always going to have a way to yell about something. I'm talking about ordinary, normal people would have reasonable doubts about whether it is adhering to its obligations in the system. Are you surprised that Rod Rosenstein, who was the government official who um, appointed Bob Mueller, was part of sullying any chance of of what Mueller might have thought would have been the appropriate uh, remedy for his findings, impeachment? Yeah, a bit. I have two questions about Rod Rosenstein's involvement that have not been answered. Maybe someday someone will write a book and answer it. The first is, what was he doing involved at all since he was a witness in at least one of the obstructive uh, incidents that's laid out in the report? So how did that happen? So what was he doing as a judge in the matter in which he was a witness? And second, what was the thinking that led them to say, we're going to decline any obstruction case against the president? There's insufficient evidence when, among other things, you've never interviewed the president. The the obstruction cases always turn on the content of someone's mind. And it's why people said to me, when he asked you to drop the Flynn case, did you think that was obstruction of justice? And my answer was, I don't know. It could be, but it would depend upon what was he thinking. The best way to figure out what he's thinking is to talk to the person <laughs> under oath and say, hey, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? So how you could shut down, decline, say that, that is, there's no possibility of a case here without having interviewed the subject mystifies me. And so there's probably other questions I could think of. Maybe Rod will write a book someday and lay all that out for us. All right. Glad you're with us. Uh, 24 till the top of the hour. And I, I got to tell you, I listen to the sanctimony, the self-righteousness, everything that Comey, Mr. Super Patriot. And now these are now organized attacks because the deep state is scared to death. Now that we know that, in fact, the Horowitz report is coming out, they're scared to death that the attorney general, Bill Barr, is now actively looking at what they did in terms of outsourcing intelligence gathering, circumventing laws, the Constitution. It was Jim Comey. He's the one that that three days after Hillary got the interview of all interviews and interrogation with her staff in the room, the three day. Oh, yeah. Well, we did find top secret classified information on her server. But, yeah, we did no prosecutor would ever prosecute bull. He's the guy that made sure she remained the candidate. He's the guy that signed the warrants based on the dirty dossier. You know, well, whoa. Uh, you have to care about what people think of institutions. Uh, how do they trust us otherwise? You know, wh wh what they have done here. James Comey, let's see what the IG report says about him this time. Because last time they made a referral on James Comey. Last time they said he violated the law in terms of, oh, he had government materials, classified materials in his house. So 
What you now have is the beginning of an orchestrated campaign. We saw it with the cowardly corrupt shift, the coward shift. You know, I mean, he's corrupt and he's a coward and a liar and and in charge of the witch hunt, second witch hunt investigation in the Trump, Ukraine, whatever. We don't even know. So that's now where they are. Smear, slander, besmirch, attack, bludgeon. That's the left in America today. Watching the Washington Post, I tweeted out this weekend, um, the Baghdadi austere religious scholar instead of terrorist in, in chief. That's how sick the media mob is in this country. You know, and then the mob today, it's all about, well, Trump said he didn't inform the Democrats because of potential leaking. Well, He's the commander in chief. That's his constitutional responsibility. And who knows? It's so these people are so psychotic, so full of hatred and rage, how they might have reacted or what the possibility is. I don't trust them. Hannity, you're saying you don't trust Nancy Pelosi? Not really. Not particularly. I think she is subject now to the whims of the most radical extremists ever to serve in the United States Congress. Too bad that they're upset. He's the commander in chief. That's his call. That's not her call. We have a constitution. We didn't elect her commander in chief. We don't need her seal of approval at this point. Now, if there's a declaration of war issue and an ongoing conflict, no, this was to take out the world's number one most evil terrorist. They're angry. They didn't know. It's not about you, Nancy. It's not about you, Corrupt coward shift the liar that you are. Not about Elliot the wimp angle either. And what he thinks in his statement. Um, I want you to hear because I, I, I you know, I watched over the, the weekend and I saw the president. Notice the media. They don't even want to replay the president. Listen to what the president did. Listen to the the risks. What is at stake in all of this? You have Kayla Muller's uh, mother. Remember Kayla? Anyway, the daughter, she says, might be alive if Obama had been as decisive as Trump. You know why Trump beat back the caliphate in Syria, ISIS in Syria? You want to know why Donald Trump was able to pull this off? Because he took the handcuffs, the rules of engagement in the Obama years off of our military. And they were able to do their jobs without risk of going to Leavenworth like Clint Lawrence and so many others for nothing because they have to make split second decisions in war zones. Yet they got second guessed in the Obama years about whether they made the right call. Uh, it's not up to some bureaucrat or some somebody high up in, in, in the military hierarchy it's not their role to make those decisions. You hire the best and let them do their job. Anyway, to hear the president in his own words, I think is worth that and more. Let's play the president from this weekend. Last night, the United States brought the world's number one terrorist leader to justice. Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi is dead. He was the founder and leader of ISIS the most ruthless and violent terror organization anywhere in the world. The United States has been searching for Baghdadi for many years. 
Capturing or killing Baghdadi has been the top national security priority of my administration. U.S. Special Operations Forces executed a dangerous and daring nighttime raid in northwestern Syria and accomplished their mission in grand style. The U.S. personnel were incredible. I got to watch much of it. No personnel were lost in the operation. Well, a large number of Baghdadi's fighters and companions were killed with him. He died after running into a dead-end tunnel, whimpering and crying and screaming all the way. The compound had been cleared by this time, with people either surrendering or being shot and killed. Eleven young children were moved out of the house and are uninjured. The only ones remaining were Baghdadi in the tunnel, and he had dragged three of his young children with him. They were led to certain death. He reached the end of the tunnel as our dogs chased him down. He ignited his vest, killing himself and the three children. His body was mutilated by the blast. The tunnel had caved in on it in addition, but test results gave certain immediate and totally positive identification. It was him. The thug who tried so hard to intimidate others spent his last moments in utter fear, in total panic and dread, terrified of the American forces bearing down on him. We were in the compound for approximately two hours, and after the mission was accomplished, we took highly sensitive material and information from the raid, much having to do with ISIS, origins, future plans, things that we very much want. Baghdadi's demise demonstrates America's relentless pursuit of terrorist leaders and our commitment to the enduring and total defeat of ISIS and other terrorist organizations. Our reach is very long. As you know, last month we announced that we recently killed Hamza bin Laden, the very violent son of Osama bin Laden, who was saying very bad things about people, about our country, about the world. He was the heir apparent to Al-Qaeda. Terrorists who oppress and murder innocent people should never sleep soundly, knowing that we will completely destroy them. These savage monsters will not escape their fate, and they will not escape the final judgment of God. Baghdadi and the losers who worked for him, and losers they are, they had no idea what they were getting into. In some cases, they were very frightened puppies. In other cases, they were hardcore killers. But they killed many, many people. Their murder of innocent Americans, James Foley, Stephen Sotloff, Peter Kasich, and Kayla Mueller were especially heinous. The shocking publicized murder of Jordanian pilot, a wonderful young man, spoke to the king of Jordan. They all knew him. They all loved him. He was burned alive in a cage for all to see on the execution of
Christians in Libya and Egypt, as well as the genocidal mass murder of Yazidis, rank ISIS among the most depraved organizations, the history of our world. The forced religious conversions, the orange suits prior to so many beheadings, all of which were openly displayed for the world to see. Last night was a great night for the United States and for the world. A brutal killer, one who has caused so much hardship and death, has violently been eliminated. He will never again harm another innocent man, woman, or child. That's what the media won't play. We have so much more on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. We'll we'll get to it all. Hannity tonight, Fox News Channel, loaded up. Baghdadi is dead and his atrocities. And what does the media do? They lose it. Pretty sick. Uh, We'll have all aspects of this covered. Colonel North also. We'll check in with Mark Meadows, Matt Gates, uh, Lindsey Graham will be joining us and much, much more. Hannity, Tonight 9, Set Your DVR, Fox News Channel. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow.